This is LiveWell Talk on Respiratory Syncytial Virus, or RSV. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Union Point Health, St. Luke's. Joining me today is Dr. Marie Dialis, a pediatrician at Union Point Clinic, Pediatric Cedar Rapids. And today we'd like to educate parents uh, and the public on the signs and symptoms of RSV, how to care for your child, and when to see the doctor. Okay. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me here. I think here. this is the first podcast, right? Yeah, I Other haven't done a pun- podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have not. And we came it. over. We're on the road. We came okay. over to this uh, makeshift studio in the pediatric building to <laughs> to get your insight on RSV. Okay, uh, it's it, it, people are starting to throw around the term triple demic uh, mm-hmm. with RSV, mm-hmm. COVID, and mm-hmm. influenza. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little early for that mm-hmm. uh, moniker, but. Definitely the RSV is picking up. Mm-hmm. And so just tell us what you're seeing. What is RSV? Let's start Okay. With. So RSV is a virus that, um, it you know, even adults can have RSV, but typically we see it in the younger population because they become more symptomatic with it. Um, you start with, um, you know, just mild cold symptoms, could be like runny nose, a productive cough, maybe some fever. And then it sometimes in some children, the younger the child is, if they have any um, sort of like... Uh, uh, previous health conditions or if they were preemie, um, it could t- turn into more respiratory distress, wheezing, difficulty breathing, and it does follow a certain pattern where usually by day four to day seven is kind of the worsening of, uh, of that, and you see a lot of the respiratory difficulty breathing type of symptoms around that time frame. So, the, um, our, so that is what we typically see with RSV in younger kids. Sometimes with RSV, we do end up hospitalizing. It is also also quite a common cause of um, uh, hospitalizations in young children during the winter months. It causes a condition called bronchiolitis, which is that uh, uh, wheezing component that we do see. Um, Sometimes there is also correlation. If you've had RSV, maybe you're at a slightly higher risk uh, of getting asthma in the future, but that's, you know, that's not with every child. Um, So... Fever? The they, they can have fever. They can like you know if you were um, if if you were fighting off any um, illness, but that is not typically the 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 telltale sign of RSV. Um, we do have a lot of children who most likely have RSV who we don't even see in the office just because their symptoms are so mild and it looks like a common cold, and that that would be true for adults as well. But if you're talking about the the very young and then on the opposite spectrum the very old, um, it certainly can cause uh, bronchiolitis, which is that inflammation of the lung tubes, which causes that wheezing, difficulty breathing component like you would see in an asthmatic. Uh, But unlike um, asthma, which you could treat with things like albuterol or other medications, RSV, you cannot. And um, that's what ends up some of these children in the hospital if their breathing is compromised and if their oxygenation is compromised. Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people appreciate that that albuterol, the mm-hmm. asthma medication that people might know of, uh, steroids, yes. uh, they're, they're really not recommended in RSV, No, no, typically not. Um, occasionally, if you know we have a child with recurrent history of wheezing or there's a strong family history of asthma, we may consider trying albuterol in the office setting and then may consider that. But as, as a treatment uh, for RSV, that is not standard of care. In fact, there are some studies that show if you do add on oral steroids, it can prolong the illness too. So that is not a, a treatment that we typically use with RSV either. So, uh, what is croup? 
So croup is uh, typically caused by parainfluenza virus, but we were seeing um, uh, cases of the Omicron uh, uh, coronavirus causing croup-like symptoms. Croup causes inflammation of more of the upper airway, which results in what we call strider. Um, strider sounds different from wheezing. It's more high-pitched. You can kind of hear it um, across yeah, that's, the room. Yeah, you know, it's a croupy cough. Yeah, it's a, or, or you'll notice that barky kind of cough or the... <gasps> that kind of very noisy kind of breathing that you will hear. Um, and that is treated differently, and that is more of an upper airway issue, uh, whereas RSV is more of a lower airway issue. So so it's in the community. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see it in clinic. Yes, we are. You, you mentioned prior to starting the podcast that it hasn't peaked yet, so it's going to be here a while. Yes. What what? So if you're a parent, you, you know it's in the clinic. They, I'm sure tens of thousands of people that watch this podcast uh, are going to know what's in the cl- in the community. What, what what should a parent look for to say, okay, I need to go to the doctor? It would be just, uh, you know, seeing your child, making sure th- their breathing is the main concern. And then the other component is, are they drinking? Are they giving you good wet diapers? Are they dehydrated? Uh, but the breathing is, I would say, the number one reason we see uh, babies and and uh, very young children here. So if you notice that there's sucking in between the ribs, sucking in between the belly, you're noticing what we call head bobbing. Those would be signs that, yes, our breathing is starting to become more compromised and labored. And then, yes, you would need to be seen right away in those cases. Um, that being said, there are some children that they come to the office, they do have a little bit of, uh, you know, the difficulty breathing, but they don't quite qualify to be hospitalized. They're, you know, they're still in that mild category. So, but you wouldn't know unless you came to the office and decided, okay, is this a child that needs to be hospitalized versus not? Uh, but we do counsel parents that it does peak from day four to day seven. So once you're past that point, typically the 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 breathing, the wheezing, that should slowly res- like resolve, and you might have just this residual cough that can last for even longer. But um, the breathing part is the the main uh, thing that parents should monitor and bring their child to the pediatrician. Because I'm an adult doctor, and but those little kids, they breathe like 60 times a minute, right? Uh, yeah, depending on the age. So the breathing rate of a child will totally depend on how young they are. So if they're an infant, their breathing rate is, you know, a little faster than than um, a, a toddler or, or an older child. So it, it varies so from child to child. Is, is there, is it, yeah, because, you know, adults 12 yeah. to 20. Yes. Um, is there an age where you clinically are like, yeah, a little too old for RSV. I'm going to start thinking about something else. Is there a certain age where it drops uh, off? So I would say we don't uh, routinely check like older children for RSV. Um, typically, like if they're three, four years of age, I mean, we might find RSV if we are, let's say, doing a full panel, um, let's say for a fever workup or an ongoing cough or something of that nature. Um, So as far as, you know, older kids, they will have RSV, but it looks more like a cold in most older kids. Um, They're just, okay, that makes sense. Bigger bronchial tubes. Yeah, yeah. Get close off as quickly. Um, 
we probably should mention just from a standpoint of antibiotic stewardship that antibiotics they don't work for RSV, yeah, no. So uh, RSV is a virus. So a lot of what we do is very supportive care. And and the thing about RSV sometimes is I can see a child in the clinic and they look okay. Uh, they don't meet criteria for um, hospitalization, but literally within eight to 10 hours, kids can go, you know, can look a lot different. So that's, an RSV can be quite unpredictable. And I think that's the hard part of RSV. Um, so that's, and I think that's what, uh, parents are worried about the most right, as well. Right. Yeah. I, you, you know, kids aren't little people, you yes, know, they're not yeah. little adults yeah. and you're especially, and my especially are, have, have some overlap of course, but very different. And, um, and I, you know, I, I've come to appreciate, uh, just in my position and, and seeing every service line in the hospital that children, they get sick pretty quick. Yeah. You know, they, been, they, yeah. They, we're an adult. It's mm-hmm. a gradual process. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it happens over time. Yeah. It's not, it's unusual for an adult to mm-hmm. get, go from well yeah. to mm-hmm. sick, Ill. but, but yeah. kids really Can. do. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's, that's re, uh, uh, reassuring to, to parents to look for the breathing, mm-hmm. the retractions, the mm-hmm. sucking in their, their ribs and their yeah. stomach. Head bobbing, I hadn't thought of that one. So. Yeah, that's more if it's more severe. You yeah. would see head bobbing, nasal flaring. Those would be more signs, more, uh, you know, a, le- a higher level of respiratory distress, I would say, in, in more younger infants. So, A um, couple routine questions. Can a mom still breastfeed if uh, the child has RSV? They can. Okay. Yeah, they can. As long as, you know, they're they're latching well, everything is going good. We tell parents to suction the nasal cavity with saline, um, you know, humidifier steam, anything that can kind of help. But yes, we recommend breastfeeding, correct. And can they, can if a child has RSV or has had RSV, they could still get a flu shot this season, correct? They can, they should, you know, yeah. if they're old enough, so six months and older, uh, flu shots are eligible. So yeah, we would recommend getting flu shots for all of our pediatric patients. What else are you seeing in the clinic? Anything else? Um, so we're seeing kind of, uh, you know, rhinovirus. We've seen some hand, foot, and mouth. Um, we've seen some smattering, a few cases, one or two cases of, like, influenza, but not a, a, a yeah, huge we've, deal. Yeah, we, we've had four so far this season of yeah. influenza. So, you know, that's... Yeah, that's pretty low. All influenza A. A, yes, we haven't seen any influenza B. Um, I've had a couple of cases of, you know, two or three cases of COVID, but I think it is. Um, it seems like from other places in the United States, some of these, you know, t- uh, things are going up. So, um, so any precautionary things like getting your flu shot if you're eligible to get your COVID vaccine, things like that would be advisable. So the. Just yesterday, uh, Morbidity Mortality Weekly Report uh, presented the data from Chile. Mm-hmm. So the Southern Hemisphere, what their yeah. flu season, which is over, mm-hmm. you know, or, or stuff. Uh, vaccines were very effective. Good. That's uh, great. Preventing hospitalization and That's death. Great. So it's uh, just another uh, stri- uh, reinforcement that mm-hmm. getting a vaccine would be a good idea uh, this season. Dr. Dallas, thank you for joining me. Thank you. <laughs> Wasn't so bad, was it? No. <laughs> this has been great information. Once again, Dr. Marie Dallas, a pediatrician at UniPoint Clinic Pediatrics Cedar Rapids. For the, all the latest news and information, visit unipoint.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.